This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelore, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. Today's guest and I met over five years ago in New York. She was part of a Raw Beauty Talks photo shoot that I did um, in partnership with Lush. And I don't know if you remember this, Nitika, but you came in and you, I mean, for anybody who hasn't met this woman, she just like radiates confidence and self-love. And you were having a hard day because you had a flare up of your psoriasis. I could barely tell, but you were like, I almost canceled Aaron. I was so nervous to come. And so I thought it was so full circle that we were having this conversation today because now you've, you've really found your, your passion and your purpose yeah. out of this struggle that you once had. Nitika is uh, the founder of Chronicon, which is a media and events company. She has dedicated her life to elevating the lives of those who are living with chronic illness. She was diagnosed with psoriasis at the age of 10 and psoriatic <laughs> arthritis at the age of 19 and lived over 17 years of her life being defined by her conditions. We are going to chat about some tools that Nitika has for those of you who are struggling with chronic illness, can you start off by telling us a little bit about your personal experience? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me, first of all, Erin. And I do remember when we met, um, and I remember the, the heaviness of like me trying to carry this burden of navigating, wanting to you know put myself out there, wanting to share a message, wanting to share my gifts really, right? But also wrestling with this chronic condition with two different chronic conditions. And that was something for a really long time that I dealt with all the time. Mm -hmm. And over the last, I would say 10 years, 10, 11 years, it's been a lot less, but I think there have been flare-ups. So when you and I met, that must've been like a flare-up time. Um, and yeah, and I was diagnosed, as you said, at a young age, 10 and 19, I got psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis, and it really did define everything I knew about myself, which is part of why I'm so passionate about having a conversation about chronic illness, because a lot of times people will find a chronic illness chat group, or they'll find like a forum online or through their doctor. And it's often pretty negative and pretty depressing, honestly. A lot of times it adds heaviness to our experience because everyone's commiserating. I have a podcast too called The Point of Pain. We go right into the pain, we talk about it, but I'm very passionate about honoring all that we are. So mm -hmm. I might have two conditions, but I'm also, I'm an Indian woman, I'm a New Yorker, I'm an entrepreneur, I love to sing, I love jewelry and like red lipstick. You know, I have all these other things that are, that make up who I am. So Chronicon, um, my company, and now we have the Chronicon community. It's really about celebrating all that you are. We had someone actually say to, to me the other day, 
that whenever they open our app, they feel like it's a celebration, which is amazing. This person has fibromyalgia, depression, anxiety. She's going through so much stuff, but it really is a place. And we've tried to create a place for people to come and celebrate all that they are, no matter, no matter what they have going on with their bodies. This is so incredible and so important because I think when you're living with chronic illness, whether it's pain or a skin rash or skin condition that you've got going on, I mean, there's so many different things, Lyme disease, it can feel all encompassing. What was your experience like having psoriasis? I had psoriasis for about 17 years covering 95% of my body. So you really couldn't look at me without seeing, you know, psoriasis is, it's thick. It's, it's like scaly skin essentially. And it itches like chicken pox. So I essentially had chicken pox for 17 years of my life. And then the psoriatic arthritis on top of that made it really hard for me to move. And just the skin alone, I always say, it's almost like when your lips kind of crack and almost bleed in the winter, you know, it's so uncomfortable. My entire body was like that for 17 years. So I still have some spots of psoriasis, but it's nowhere near what that was. And my experience was my greatest wound is out for everyone to see. It created so much social anxiety, so much depression, so much insecurity, you know, just over and over and over again, I had to deal with that in my life. And I think even if you have an invisible illness, because I've dealt with this also, even with when my psoriasis gets better, but I have the arthritis still, and I'm moving slow and I've got inflammation and lethargia and all these things, it's still incredibly challenging because there are all of these social factors, things that are affected by the fact that I have to move through life a little differently. Mm. And I have to sort of announce to people sometimes, oftentimes, oh, I can't eat this. I can't go there. Yeah, we can go on this hike, but I need to take the easy hike. I can't do the extra, you know, long hike. Things like that, that honestly, it is an emotional burden that we have to carry as people who are chronically ill. We have to constantly be training the people in our lives. We have to constantly be sharing our deepest selves and be so vulnerable. Um, and I don't think everybody maybe realizes that if they don't have a chronic illness. I don't think they do. And I don't think they can fully understand. However, there is always an opportunity to hold space. My husband lives with Crohn's disease and you can't see it, but when he's having a flare up, he has to cut back everything that he's eating. He can be in a lot of pain. It can show up differently, different seasons, different times. It's really, it's really hard when somebody can't see what it is that you're struggling with. I feel like he also in moments has to come up against feeling like people aren't believing him fully. Part of why I'm so passionate about talking about this. And it's like, I live, breathe, eat, sleep, think about chronic illness advocacy all the time, because, you know, there's 133 million people in the United States alone that have a chronic illness. And that number was based on the National Health Council's 2019 projection. I keep refreshing. They have not updated it for 2020 <laughs> yet. Okay. So because there's probably an exponential amount that that has grown in the last year, with, especially with the pandemic. But so we're not a niche market 
is what I keep telling people, but yet we're not being catered to. We're not being thought about. We're not being marketed to. We're not being included in fitness regimes. We're not being included in campaigns in the same way. I'm curious to know in the medical system, if you were ever doubted and what you've come up against in regards to people being like, you need to cut out dairy and you should stop eating carbohydrates. And if you did this, your skin would be better and go with an all natural product. What was your journey? Like actually figuring out something that would help the psoriasis and where did you, like, what ended up working for you? It's honestly, an inc- it was an incredibly long journey. I did have so many people. I'm an Indian woman. The amount of Indian aunties and uncles that came out of the woodwork with like their turmeric and their magnetic blankets and their homeopathy, their Ayurveda. And I'm like, okay. And I was a kid, you know, when all of this was happening. So that's problematic on so many levels, but it was emotionally really hard in the chronic con community. We say no unsolicited advice. We are not prescriptive. We do, we really try to honor, you know, what's best for your body. And yes, you might have, I've had lots of ups and downs with that myself. You might have ups and downs when you need support, but we're not here to tell you how to run your medical treatment and your regimens because we don't know your whole story. To answer what has helped, I personally think it's not a linear thing. Food helps me. I think uh, mindfulness really helps me. My spiritual practice, I'm a very spiritual person. It is incredibly, incredibly important to my well-being. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I ended up taking a medication that ended up helping me in that turning point moment that, you know, got me from, I wasn't able to walk for about six years without severe pain. Mm -hmm. And two weeks after taking this medication, which I fought tooth and nail about, I didn't want to take it. I was so nervous. I was trying to manifest my health and that toxic positivity cycle that I didn't even know I was in. And two weeks after taking my first dose, I was skipping down the street. So, you know, I kind of had this thought like, yes, I believe in manifestation, but I also believe in God. And I think God maybe made medicine for a reason. So maybe I should take some. Wow. I'm so glad you just shared that. And I have an experience that mirrored it a little bit that I want to share right now as well. If I had to pick one practice that has been the most supportive of my physical and mental wellness, it would hands down be meditation. Taking even five minutes to connect to my breath and check in with my body really allows me to show up for my work and my relationships and as a mother in alignment with who I want to be. Most of us at this point understand the benefits of meditation, but struggle with making it a consistent part of our everyday life. One thing I found really helpful is creating a little space in my home that feels welcoming, comfortable, and nurturing. I use a beautiful cushion set from Mala Collective with a candle and some of my favorite Mala beads to help me really ground into my practice. The cushions are the perfect height to support your hips and knees while you're sitting in silence, and they are equally as stunning in their design, making them a beautiful addition to any living space or bedroom. I love that having my cushion out on display also serves as a visual cue or reminder to connect back to myself. 
Mala Collective is offering Raw Beauty listeners 10% off everything on their site with the code RAWBEAUTY10 at malacollective.com. That's 10% off their gorgeous cushion sets, crystal collections, and authentic gemstone mala beads using the code RAWBEAUTY10. This is for a limited time only, so head on over to malacollective.com if more mindfulness is on the menu for the coming year. I highly, highly recommend their beautiful products. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, Country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B A B B E L dot com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I want to talk about very quickly my experience taking anti-anxiety medication. So after having my, my daughter, who's three now, I started to experience panic attacks. I have skin rashes on my head, severe anxiety, intrusive thoughts. And I was like, I'm going to meditate this and celery juice this and sleep this away. I was so resistant to the medication thinking as we do sometimes in this industry, it becomes very, you're either Eastern practices or Western practices. You're either meditating or you're medicating. And so I was really resistant to it. And it is what I, I really think it sounds dramatic, but saved my life and my family was eventually taking that anti-anxiety medication. And it gave me the lift that I needed to be able to apply all of these other practices. So now I'm a huge believer that there is space for 
all of these different types of medicine for the uh, intuitive healing, for the medical healing, and that when we can start to combine all of these practices is when we really start to be able to experience something a lot deeper. Yeah, I'm so glad that you shared that. That's that's powerful. And I think there's so much shame around taking medicine. Yeah. And I'm just, I don't understand where that came from and who started that. I just, it makes me so angry because, you know, there are people who have diabetes that, you know, need insulin in order to live. Right. And so does that mean that because they have their insulin or they need medication or people need chemotherapy to be able to fight cancer, that they're somehow less than because they need medical help? Absolutely not. And I think there's a really problematic conversation around that. Now, I also had to go through my journey of saying, okay, I'm going to take this medication, but I, being a spiritual person, I believe I really have to honor that this medication is here to help me. And I also want to take it upon myself to help myself too, and to help the medication work even better. So I just think of that as all of these other holistic things. They're only making the medication be able to work that much better in my body. I'm able to accept, you know, the help that much more in my body. And that's great. Like, I think that's awesome. If that makes you feel good, that's awesome. But for people that have, you know, really challenging conditions or in a really challenging spot are having a flare up or having a mental health crisis. There is zero reason why anyone should ever feel ashamed that they need medical support. That is why it is there. So I'm curious to know with your experience with Chronicon and having so many conversations in the field of chronic illness, what advice do you have? And I know you're not prescriptive or here to tell people how to do it, but for somebody who's listening, who's in living with chronic illness and struggling, struggling to find their identity beyond that, struggling with the pain, the discomfort, the limitations surrounding them. Any advice uh, for that individual? Yeah. I mean, there's, as you said, there's so many things that we could talk about. I think, you know, narrowing it down to just a few is, is really helpful because if you're in a, a chronic illness or a health or mental health crisis, you're probably already a bit overwhelmed yeah. as it is. So I, I actually think the first step is just to acknowledge how hard this is. And I, I really mean that because I think, especially as women, we are taught to, you know, just, we've got to, we've got to carry it all on our backs. There's so many of you out there listening that are mothers that are carrying your whole family. I mean, I'm single, but I, even as a, as a woman of color, I feel like I'm carrying generations on my back. I just feel like that is so prominent in our culture with women. And we don't have to do that. And I think a lot of it is we're not allowed to really be vulnerable and honest about how challenging things are because we're thought to be, oh, we, we don't have it together. We're not strong enough. We're not powerful enough or whatever. I really had a huge turning point in my journey when someone let me acknowledge, this is not a small amount of pain and discomfort that you are holding. And just someone saying that to me was genuinely like life-changing. And then I would also say one of the things that I'm so passionate about with, with my work at Chronicon is 
breaking the cycle of isolation that specifically comes from living with a chronic illness. And it is, and I think this is true with most marginalized communities. My lens is a chronic illness lens, but you know, even if you don't have a specific chronic illness, you might resonate with this if you're in a marginalized community of any kind. There is this burden that we have to carry, like we were talking about earlier, where it's like we are just automatically separate from everyone else. Like I'm the one with the, psori the psoriasis with the skin condition. Everyone else is over there. Everyone else is fine or doesn't have this. So immediately, and that happened at the, as soon as I was 10 years old, that happened, right? For the first time, it made me feel othered in a very significant way. Mm. So I think the journey of really getting into that isolation and starting to chip away at that is a hugely important thing. So some ways that you can do that are finding communities like your community, embracing your body, embracing how beautiful you are, whatever outlet you might resonate with the most, whatever access point you might resonate with the most, but starting to find and seek out communities. Also, just starting to tell people in your life that you're having a hard day in, in a way that, you know, doesn't necessarily pass the burden onto them, but just lets them know, yeah, I, I had a really tough doctor's appointment this morning, actually, and it really was not fun. And so I just, I told a friend, you know, I was like, oh, rough doctor's appointment today. Like, how's your day going? You know, it yeah. doesn't have to be a, a meltdown moment. It doesn't have to be a total unraveling. But just acknowledging this is a constant thing I'm dealing with in my life. I, I actually deal with it every day. Yes. So this is, this is what's going on today. So stuff like that, I think, really helps to start to chip away at that isolation uh, cycle, which perpetuates a lot of shame when you are in that cycle. So as you chip away at the isolation, you will also be releasing and you know, diminishing the shame that you have, mm. um, which I think is so important. And then the last thing I'll say is, you know, self-love, I like cringe halfway at saying that term because I feel like it has been so, you know, just co-opted in so many strange ways, but we're going to, we're going to reframe it a little bit for you. So anyone who's cringing right now, just, just stay with hang me. with us. Yeah. Hang with us. So I started talking about self-love like 10, 11 years ago when I first started my, my work and it was because my journey with self-love was really through the lens of my chronic illness. I saw people talking about self-love, like do a downward jog or get a $20 green juice or, you know, go to a $40 spin class. Well, one, I can't do a downward dog because of my arthritis. At the time I had just gotten divorced. So I really couldn't afford a 40 or $20, you know, item in just all the time every day, right? And I, it, I felt like there wasn't anyone talking about self-love in a way that was appealing and really targeting someone like me with my specific um, background and life experience. So when I talk about self-love, I say that self-love is being more committed to your happiness, to your peace, whatever that word is to you that brings you calm and serenity, then to your suffering in every single moment. So mm -hmm. it is not it is not about a grand gesture. If you can't get up right now, if you physically can't, if you emotionally can't get up right now, 
you are okay. You have the ability to access self-love even for 10 more seconds than you did yesterday. You know, and, and I think a lot of times when people talk about self-love, it's a lot of pressure. It's like, you want me to do a f- how many things today? <laughs> like, I gotta like, you know, get these crystals and then I gotta pull some tarot and then I gotta do it downward. I, I don't know, who has time for this? I don't, have, I don't even have kids and I don't have time for this, okay? So I really had to be like, how are we gonna have the person that was like me when I was lying in bed for a better part of six years and I couldn't get up and do all these things, how is she gonna get self-love? And it was that moment to moment commitment. So it comes to getting to know yourself enough to know what are the things that bring you a little bit of joy, even just a little bit, sometimes a little bit of a lighter mood, make you laugh a little bit. It doesn't have to be this grand sweeping thing, but in every moment, if we can be in that commitment, if we can, you know, try to access that, it will add up to a life full of love. But it doesn't happen with just one class. It doesn't happen with just, you know, one green juice or whatever. It is a moment to moment commitment. So I, I remember when I was in bed for, for a lot of that time, I would watch like funny YouTube videos. I mean, it's so simple, right? And it's free. Okay, so that's like great. I also, I really, I'm such a nerd. I love stationery. So I would like get a really cute journal and just really luxuriate in, you know, writing in my beautiful journal. I also, I'm, you know, I'm 39 now, I'm just 40. So I would really embrace the phone. I'm, it's a very 1999 of me. I know now everybody is on the phone and it's fine. But at the time people were like, are you okay? Why are you calling me? You know? But just, you know, like make the commitment. I'm going to call a friend right now and just have some fun. So I think that those are, I mean, I gave a lot of tips, but hopefully that that helps you pick one thing. Don't get overwhelmed. Pick one thing that makes you feel, you know what? When I think about that one thing Nitika said, I feel a little bit inspired. So I'm just going to try that one thing. I love this. I think you just spoke so eloquently and provided some really tangible tools that people can use and a definition of self-love that feels that much more accessible as though anybody could pick it up and tap into it. And that's exactly, you know, what we're here for right now. You don't need a million dollars to be able to love yourself. You don't need a specific body. You don't need to be in perfect health. That shit is there for anybody to pick up. Everybody deserves it. Sprinkle it everywhere. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your story and opening your heart and your time and your energy as well. Where can people connect with you if they want more Nitika in their life? Well, thank you for having me. I loved what you're doing and and your movement and all the work you do for so long. And so it's an honor to be here. The best place to go is chronicon.co. And that's chronic ON. So there's no, they're not two C's at the end. And our community is there. Our podcast is there. All the things are there. So check out chronicon.co and at chronicon official on Instagram. 
We will make sure that we link to everything below. If you or a loved one is struggling with chronic pain, please take a moment to send the link over to them so that they can listen in, let them know that you're thinking about them, that you understand what they're going through a little bit more than you did yesterday. And as always, if you have a moment to review the podcast, head on over to iTunes, find the Raw Beauty Talks podcast, leave us a review. I read every single one of them. They mean the world to me. You can also take a screen shot and share this post tagging at Chronicon official and at Nitika Chopra at Raw Beauty Talks. And we will regram those posts. Don't forget that Mala Collective is offering 10% off everything on their gorgeous site. They've got beautiful meditation cushion sets, crystal collections, and stunning Mala beads. I love using my Mala beads to really help me focus as I'm meditating. I roll my fingers over each of the 108 beads in every necklace repeating a mantra. It's such a beautiful, nourishing practice. You can find all this and more over at malacollective.com and use the code RAWBEAUTY10 for 10% off. ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.